0: You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation.
1: In today's episode, we're getting into all about how animals can see the world around them. That is the third time we've lost power this week. What is going on? Well, our switch for the backup generator is somewhere in here. Do you think the experimental colony of blue iguanas
0: is napping on the rooftop solar panels again?
1: Maybe. The iguanas do love the Brains on Headquarters solar setup. It's also possible that Mark and Sandin are replacing the wind turbine blades. They did mention decorating the turbines with seashells, so when they spun we'd hear the ocean. Hmm. Uh, Rosalind, do you see a label that says Jenny anywhere? Not yet. Who's Jenny? Sandin can only do maintenance work if the thing he's working on has a name and a plant nearby. Generator's named Jenny, and there's a potted Queen of the Night Cactus next to it.
2: Did Hawkmoth hear someone say "Queen of the Night Cactus Blossom? Who's that? Hawkmoth is here. Hi, uh, Hawk moth. Where did you come from? Hawkmoth is, generally around. But Hawk moth is here for Queen of the
1: Night Blossoms. Do insects always refer to themselves in third person?
2: Not all of them, but not all of them are named. Hawk Moth. Fair
1: point. And
2: ah, here's that Queen of the Night. Good thing you have the lights off. This sweet and juicy delicacy only blooms at night. Mmm. How did you find that cactus flower is so fast? Hawkmoth is way better at seeing in the dark than you humans. Hawk Moth actually slows its brain down a little to take in more light when it's dark, to help Hawkmoth see better. Nothing crazy but a human wouldn't understand. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, and here's Jenny's switch, too. Thanks for your help, Hawk Moth. Wait, wait, wait. Let me
2: get one more sip before you turn those awful lights back on. Queen of the Night Blossoms and Hawk Moth are both very nocturnal.
1: As nice as it is to meet you, Hawk Moth, we do have to get back to taping the show. So, you know, let us know when you've had your fill, okay? Okay.
2: Hawk Moth is satisfied. Carry on.
1: You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and I'm here today with Roslyn from Duluth, Minnesota. Hi, Rosalyn. Hi. Today, we're talking about how animals see the world. Because you sent in a great question about this. Do you remember the question that you sent in?
0: Uh, do insects see things slower than we do or faster?
1: And what made you curious about that?
0: Well, I was actually watching a film where they had People who were walking slower, and then there were tiny people who were walking faster, and it was—I don't know—got me interested.
1: So you were thinking, like, maybe if you are a tiny insect, do you see people slower, just like the tiny humans in that movie? Yes. That inspired us to look into the wild world of animal vision, and you're not the only one who wondered about how animals see the world.
0: Hi, brains on. I'm Maya, and I was wondering. Why do we see different colors than animals? My name is Finette, and my question is, do animals see the same rainbow we do, and if not, how is it different? My name is Silas, I'm from Fairbanks, Alaska. And my question is, how do some animals see heat? Hi, my name is Zoya. Hi, my name is Quinn. Our question is, why do we see colors that some animals can't see? Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm from Ohio. My question is, How can eagles and other birds see from so far away?
1: Before we get into animal eyeballs, let's talk a little bit about how we see the world.
0: Our brains build a picture of the world from the light that our eyes take in.
1: Two kinds of cells at the back of your eye tell your brain what light is coming in. One is called a rod, and the other is called a cone.
0: Rods are great for seeing in low light, and cones tell your brain about
1: color. Rod and cone, they kind of sound like a TV sitcom duo.
3: Rod and Cone
1: Watch that with my rods and cones. Same. So speaking of cones, most people have three kinds. Ones that sense blue, ones that sense green, and ones that sense red. And those cones combine to help us see a lot of different colors.
0: By the way, people who are colorblind might have fewer cones, or their cones might not work as well, which makes it harder for them to tell colors apart. But even people with the usual number of cones can't
1: see all the light in the world. That's because light can travel in a wide range of energy levels. Our eyes can only detect a tiny fraction of it, just a very specific range.
0: It's similar to hearing. You know, how you can hear this tone? But as it gets higher and higher in pitch, it gets harder and harder to hear
1: until it's gone. The tone is still there. We just can't hear it anymore. Our ears aren't equipped. But other animals might be able to hear it. (laughs) Like
0: dogs. They have good ears. Cute, fluffy, good ears.
1: It's similar with light. All the light we see is only part of the light out there. We call that visible light. But there's light that's much lower in energy, like radio waves and microwaves. Which we can't see. Then there's light that's much higher in energy, like ultraviolet waves or gamma waves.
0: Which we also can't see.
1: We call this entire range of light the electromagnetic spectrum. It's so cool and important, we wrote a song to help you remember it. The waves go in order from lowest energy to highest energy. Hit it, singers.
2: Radio, microwave, infrared, visible, ultraviolet, X-ray, gamma, yeah, here we go. Space between waves gets shorter and shorter. Electromagnetic spectrum, that's the order.
4: The electromagnetic spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum. These are the facts we checked on, the electromagnetic spectrum.
1: So lovely. And informative. Exactly. Now, we can't see things outside the visible spectrum, but some animals can, and they Have some feelings about it. We checked out an animal vision support group to hear more about that.
5: Welcome to the Eyes Wider Open support group. Here, we can all share what it's like to see the world through our eyes. If we haven't (laughs) seen you here before, welcome. Okay, okay, some of you are tired of my little joke. Thank you for that feedback. I want to kick off with intros, so I'll start. I'm Mal. I'm a mantis shrimp. I can see ultraviolet light, and I have a bunch of different color-sensing cells. But scientists don't think I'm great at telling colors
6: apart, and I'm still processing that. I'm Cecily. I'm a pit viper, and I'm amazing. I see a heat map of whatever I'm looking at.
3: I'm Caleb. I'm a caribou, and I have really big eyeballs that can see ultraviolet light, like Mal. That makes my world much brighter. Hi, I'm Landry.
4: I'm a yellow lab. My eyes have two kinds of cone cells, so I can tell blue and yellowish stuff apart pretty well, but the other colors are a bit mushy.
6: And I'm bulk. I'm a blue bottle butterfly. I have exquisite color vision. Like Caleb and Mal, I also see UV. Wow, great. Thank you
5: all so much. So, who would like to start today? I'll s-
6: start. Thank you, Cecily. So, you know, pit vipers have these two pit organs on our faces. See, they look like second nostrils, but bigger. They help me see in a different way. My pit organs sense heat, my eyes see what's around me, and my brain puts the two together. Fascinating, how do you feel about that? Well, for one thing, I'm tired of getting here and looking at the coffee and seeing that it's cold. The coffee here is never hot, and it's so uncivilized that you all just keep eating and drinking lukewarm stuff. If you had any decent snacks, I'd spot them right away. Would it kill you to put a warm mouse on the snack table every once in a while?
5: Hmm, okay, good note. Thank you for sharing, Cecily. I'm gonna pass your snack request on. Who would like to share next?
3: i can you know i'm just feeling a little misunderstood like no offense Malimbo, but everyone gets why bugs and shrimps use their uv vision to find friends and food but they just don't get me
5: wow caleb that sounds really hard can you say more
3: well seeing uv light helps me tell important things apart too Snow versus lichen versus a hungry wolf, for instance. It's extra helpful to let more light into my eyes in the dark arctic winter, when my world is a deep, deep blue. But also, UV vision highlights urine, so... I knew not to sit in the chair that Landry marked, for instance.
4: (laughs) Couldn't help myself? (laughs)
5: Apologies. (laughs) So expressive, Landry. Thank you. And thanks for sharing, Caleb. Bo, you haven't shared for a while. Tell me how you're feeling today.
1: Okay, let's give our eyes a rest and instead activate our ears. It's time for the... Here it is. So what is your guess? I think it's some sort of seal, maybe Mm. a seagull. Mm, A seal or a seagull. Excellent guess. Well, we're going to hear it again and be back with the answer in just a little bit. We love hearing from you, whether you're drawing pictures of hawk moth, finding super tricky mystery sounds to stump us, or sending us questions, they always make our day. You can send all of that kind of stuff to us at brainson.org slash contact. That's where we got this question. My question is, how and why does corn pop into popcorn? You can find an answer to that on our Moment of Um podcast. It's a dose of facts and fun every weekday you can find it wherever you listen to this show just search for moment of um and at the end of the show today we'll read the latest list of listeners to be added to the brain's honor roll so stay tuned
0: You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Rosalyn.
1: And I'm Molly. Okay, before we get back to eyes, we need to go back to our ears first. Let's hear the mystery sound one more time. Okay, so before you said a seal, maybe a seagull. Do you have any new guesses? I think that I stay where I was, I guess. Some kind of animal?
0: Some kind of animal that's... Fairly obnoxious.
1: <laughs> well, here is the answer.
7: So the sound you just heard is the call of a bald eagle. My name is Tiffany Plone, and I'm the avian care manager of the National Eagle Center. Did you know that? Have you heard an eagle before? I have. Actually, at our
0: cabin, I hear them all the time.
1: It's hard when you hear these sounds out of context, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, well. like you could hear something super familiar to you, and when you hear it out of context, it's super hard. But that's really cool that you get to hear bald eagles. Yeah. I've never heard a bald eagle before. That's not what I would imagine it sounds like. (laughs) It's very loud. Are they obnoxious, like you thought?
0: Sometimes. It's, It's cool when you hear them,
1: though. The National Eagle Center is in Wabasha, Minnesota. They educate people about these winged wonders. And if you are surprised that that was the sound of a bald eagle, you're not alone. Tiffany says most people think a bald eagle sounds like this. But that's not a bald eagle.
7: When you see eagles in movies and commercials and you see them flying around, you always hear that really loud, majestic caw sound, and that's actually a red-tailed hawk sound, and they dub over an eagle sound with it.
1: Cool trivia, right? But back to eagles, they have some of the sharpest vision in animal land, in part because their eyes are super special.
7: Eagle eyes are pretty unique in the fact that they have actually two focal points in their eyes, or fovea, and so they have kind of binocular vision like we do where they can see straight forward, but then they have a monocular vision that goes off about 45 degrees in each eye.
1: So imagine being able to see very clearly what's ahead of you, but also what's lurking at the side of your vision. You can see that clearly too.
7: And by going back and forth between them, they can get this really distinct kind of 3D vision. And so that's how they have such fantastic depth perception.
1: This helps them hunt tiny critters like rabbits and rats. Tiffany says eagles also have extremely large eyes compared to their head size, and they can see ultraviolet light. Overall, their vision is four to five times better than ours.
7: For instance, we have some fun comparisons, like an eagle, if they were sitting on top of a 10-story building, could look down and actually see a carpenter ant and walking along the sidewalk. Or they can see a rabbit, if it was running, if it was about 24 inches long, they could see that rabbit running along a bluff about three miles away.
1: Not bad, eagles. Not bad. Now, let's answer the question that inspired this whole episode.
0: Is it true that small bugs and insects see humans moving slower than they are? Or do we see ourselves
1: moving faster than we think? To find the answer, Rosalind and I visited a lab at the University of Minnesota.
4: My name is Paloma gonzalez Pellido. I am an assistant professor at the Ecology, Evolution, and Behavior Department at the University of Minnesota. And I study how insects see the world and how they catch their prey.
0: Paloma and her team invited us to their lab and answered many of our questions about how insects see the world.
1: Researchers Kate Feller and Sergio Rossoni started by showing us where they raise the insects they study. Thank you. You the swamp. Wow. It's warm in here. <laughs> yeah.
4: So this is the room where we rear all of the insects. You'll notice that it's pretty warm in here, and it's very high humidity. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially to keep them really happy, uh, because otherwise if it's too dry, like in the winter, we really struggled with um, getting them to not dehydrate.
1: They raise dragonflies and killer killerflies.
4: Uh, we're really interested in the fact that they hunt and kill stuff, uh, and they do it while they're flying.
1: And so in studying the way these insects catch other insects to eat, they need to study the way their brains work, particularly the way they see.
4: They definitely see much faster than we do. (laughs) Basically, they have photoreceptors that work really, really quickly, and photoreceptors are the cells in your eye that transmit light into electrical energy. They're the ones that make us see. And they have a very nice and tricky uh, difference to the way that our eyes work, and that's why they can see so fast.
3: Uh, So you might have seen films of giants that move really slowly compared to us Uh, and that's because any animal that is um, bigger is going to require a lot more muscle force that is going to require a lot more time to to be able to develop Um, so the smaller you are the faster you can move but of course that's gonna um, if you see very slowly and you move really fast that's not going to be very efficient so vision is going to match up and try to be as fast as your movements are um, we've got slow vision compared to m- most other animals uh, because we don't require that fast vision because we can't move that fast anyway, so there will be a waste of energy.
4: Yeah, your question actually sparked a very interesting <laughs> philosophical debate. <laughs> um, like, it's a bit of a misrepresentation to say, at least I think, to say that insects have slow motion vision or that they see the world in slow motion um, because I can't ask them how they perceive time and space. Um, And we can never ask them because we can't talk to them uh, directly. Um, However, they do have high-speed vision, Kind of like a high-speed camera. So the the slow-motion camera on your phone is actually a higher-speed camera than your regular camera. Um, so it's just capturing frames at a faster rate than our visual system is able to.
1: So how how do you study their
4: brains? Because you can't like put
1: you know little. Or can you put you can. electrodes on them? <laughs> yeah, right.
4: you put a little electrodes on them and then you what? measure the electricity. That's very amazing. patiently with yeah, the microscope. Very <laughs> delicate and very very patient. How do you get
1: them to stay still?
4: Actually, cold is really oh, okay. good for... It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good anesthesia. And
0: how do these discoveries um, help modern-day technology, would you say?
4: Well, I mean, it's like a little flying high-speed camera that's able to grab stuff out of the air. I can think of a lot of applications for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're the modern-day explorers that figure out what's going on in the natural world, and then people who do more applied work building stuff and inventing things can take the principles that we've figured out and then implement them in their own designs.
0: There's a whole range of light. It's called the
1: electromagnetic spectrum. Humans can only see a portion of it. We call that part visible light.
0: But some animals can see more kinds of light than we can, like infrared
1: light or ultraviolet. Eagles have two focal points in their eyes, which gives them extra powerful depth of vision.
2: And
0: insects do indeed see things differently than we do.
2: And hawk moth can see better in the dark because hawk moth can slow down
1: hawk moth's brain. Yay, hawk moth. That's it for this episode of Brains On.
0: Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sandin Totten, and Molly
1: Bloom. Our fellow Manika Wilhelm sees all. We had production help from Christina Lopez and Jackie Kim. We had engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez. Special thanks to Becky Hartley, Helen Bonpleiler, the Dino Birds, Glenn Jeffrey, Ricky Patel, Brenna Everson, Peter Eklund, Misha Youssef, James Kim, and Arwen Nix.
0: Brains On is a nonprofit public media podcast.
1: Your support helps us keep making new episodes. Head to brainson.org donate to give. And while you're there, you can see our cool thank you gifts. Now it's time for the latest group of listeners to join the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the people who send us mystery sounds, pictures, drawings, and questions to help fuel the show. Quinn from Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte from Jacksonville, Florida. Alessandro from Paris, France. Lucy from Baltimore. Willem from Madison, Wisconsin. Weston from Malala, Oregon. Albert from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Hudson and Clara from Muscat, Oman. Louisa and Hannah from Wellesley, Massachusetts. Calvin from San Diego. Simone and Eli from San Francisco. Calder from Seattle. Milo and Lucy from Auburn, Washington. Zachary from San Diego. Charlotte from Plano, Texas. Delilah and Levi from Baltimore. Selah and Trace from San Juan Capistrano, California. Felix from Charlotte, North Carolina. Clay and Benjamin from Santa Barbara, California. Luca from New York City. Charlie from Ellicott City, Maryland. Laura from St. Paul, Minnesota. Finley from Salt Lake City. James from Salt Lake City. Cyrus from Maine. Ari from California. Sienna from Alexandria, Virginia. Josie and Lily from Gillette, Wyoming. Anya from Chicago. Lexi from Buderim, Australia. Jacob from Churchdown, UK. Avery from Warrenville, Illinois. Gabriel from Pasadena, California. Harper from North Carolina. Carter from St. Louis. Harper from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Adeline, Josie, and Towns from Seattle, Penelope, Hudson, Decker, Cashton, and Malone from Altadena, California, May from Portland, Oregon, Lucy and Sam from New Brighton, Minnesota, Ana and Ari from Orlando, Florida, Nora from Minnesota, Lucy, Kate, and Annalise from Jacksonville, Florida, Juno from Scotland, Jacob from Valencia, California, Jaden from Wake Forest, North Carolina, Brady from Farmville, Virginia, Imogen from Fort Collins, Colorado, Zofia from Castle Rock, Colorado, Benjamin and Bailey from Bloomington, Minnesota, Maya and Theo from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Asleen from Avondale, Arizona, Charlotte from Los Angeles Aviva and Brock from Woodacre, California Gia and Rahul from Durban, South Africa Henry from Pasadena, California Adam from Peoria, Arizona Finn from Denton, Texas Carson from Canyon Lake, California Theo and Soren from Scarborough, Maine Guy from Brazil, Sophia from Lexington, Kentucky, Feodor and Leo from Wilmington, North Carolina, Briella from Dallas, Henrik and Amelia from Leesburg, Virginia, Madeline from Paris, Amelie, Charles and Cora from Simi Valley, California, Micah from Colorado Springs, Alejandro from Houston, Texas, and Elsmeth from Portland, Oregon.
0: We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.